0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Leland, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast.
1: On today's episode, we sit down with Leland. Leland has a new single out called a Heart and Flesh with Taya from Hillsong. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. Well, um, bro? Yes? So... I-C-Y-M-I, there are some new words in the English dictionary. Are you with me?
2: Yes, I am.
1: Do you know what I-C-Y-M-I is?
2: I see why you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know about that. So check this out. I I always find this fascinating, what words they add to the English dictionary each year. This year, some of the new ones are shrinkflation, adorkable, subvariant, And pumpkin spice.
2: Pumpkin. Wait a minute. Pumpkin spice wasn't already in there? Well, I'm sure pumpkin
1: was separately and spice was separately, but pumpkin spice together is now in the dictionary. Well, And, and, I saved my favorite one for last because it finally made it, and I've been waiting to see when it would happen because all of the youth in my youth group are going to be so excited when they find this out. But yeet. Yeet is officially in an an English word that is in our dictionary,
2: yeet. Is that like a new youth word that youth use? Oh, my dear, my dear brother, Jacob, where have you
1: been, bro? It's 2022. <laughs> I haven't you been know, a youth pastor I need in a to, few years. Do I need so... to tell you what yeet? <laughs> yes. Do I need to tell you what yeet is? Do you, do you not know yeet? All right. Well, actually, they wrote it down here. Let me let me see. I have it. So yeet, yeet's been around for a couple years, but they finally added it to the dictionary it's one of those multi-purpose um words right so it can mean it's used to express surprise approval or excited enthusiasm kind of like wow like whoa yeet right okay also it can be a verb right it can be to throw something especially with force without regard for like worrying about what it's going to hit or what's being thrown so if you hear someone say like oh just throw the trash bag into the dumpster you'll hear him say, just yeet it over into the dumpster, right? So it's yeet. It can also be like a battle cry for youth group. like It's like a let's go for it. I know several of my youth, uh, when we're playing games, will just scream yeet. Um, kind of like a battle cry. But anyways, it's in there, man. With Pumpkin Spice.
2: Oh, yeet. So my son, a few months ago, Levi, he said, Daddy, something about being drippy. And so... I was lost on that one, too. The drippy is apparently another new word that all the people are saying. I'm sure you've heard it in your youth group, Jesse. But like I said, it's been a, it's been a minute, like a, probably about two years since I was a youth pastor. And so, you know, the slang words are different. I mean, they're, they'll be different in a month. Yeah as a, youth pastor, I've, yeah,
1: as a youth pastor, I have to stay on top of it or else I'll just be completely lost. Also, throwback for us oldies, MacGyver is in the dictionary as a verb you know when you say like you put something together and you fixed it with duct tape and stuff we macgyvered it, it. it's yes. officially in there so they they gave one for the old gen x slash old millennials uh that a lot of times i'll just say ghetto rigged
2: i ghetto rigged it you
1: know it. oh no macgyver man so the macgyver it's in there too so they thought of the older people too they gave us some love this year Well, we sat down with Leland, and it was awesome to be able to talk to him. He's going on tour. He's going on the sing-along tour this spring uh, with uh, Matt Maher and Phil Wickham. He has a new album coming out uh, here in the next couple months, so be sure to keep up with Leland and what he has going on, and go see him if he comes to your town. Let's go ahead and get into the interview.
2: All right, Leland, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today.
0: Yes, it's good to be with you guys. Thank you all for having me on.
2: So Leland, I noticed one thing about us. We, we come from a family of five and all of us mm-hmm. have red hair. And so we finally- You know what?
0: Get to you're talk just, to a- you're keeping you're keeping the gene pool alive, dude.
2: <laughs> well, we finally get to talk to another fellow ginger as yourself. So.
0: Yes, dude. I love it. You know, what's so funny is that, so my dad, my dad's a, uh is uh, had red hair just like I did. And then it turned brown as he got older. Or more of like a dark, dark, a uh, darker color, and then my my brother was born with like brown hair. My sister was was born with blonde hair, and then I was the only redhead really in the family. So it's kind of wow. it's kind of crazy. They they got the whole all all the skittles so they, yeah. they got, <laughs> with us three kids. So well, it's there's, awesome.
1: There's five of us, and we all have red hair. And listen, I'll be honest. I just need to kind of confess up front. When back in 2008. Uh, We were at some – I don't remember which uh, concert festival it was, but I had long red hair. Oh, great. Okay, So having long red hair at a Leland where Leland was going to be at a concert, Christian concert festival in 2008, you kind of (laughs) turned heads, right? Red hair, long red hair. That's amazing. And so there was one point where my friend and I, my brother, we tried – we almost convinced the security guard that we were like your brothers. I don't remember how we were, but we were like Leland. And and they were like (laughs) – yeah, I mean, he has long red hair. It's got to be yeah. telling the truth, man. We almost made it. We almost made it,
0: dude. That is incredible. That's awesome. I would have totally did the same thing. You know, what's funny is right around that same time, like in the early 2000s, um, yeah, probably 08, something like that. Um, I was everyone was was freaking out because it, me and Aaron Gillespie, especially during that time when we were I both, am. you know, that was a that was a that was a minute ago, we were a lot younger yeah. then, but. Around that time, like when we were younger and both had long red hair, it's and a lot of our facial features looked nearly exactly the same, which is really creepy. You look at old mm-hmm. pictures of Aaron and then old pictures of myself from 06, 07, and it's like twins. It's really weird. <laughs> um so what's strange is is around that time, this is hilarious, dude. I was in the I was it's also terrible at the same time. I was <laughs> I was in like a Walmart somewhere, uh our band was out in the road. And, you know, in oh eight, like for some reason, we all dressed like a hardcore band, even though we weren't like, you know, right, we dressed right. you, like everybody had the slip on vans, you know, with like the checkered vans. Everyone had skin tight jeans, way too tight. You should not be wearing them. And then, um, you know, and like darker band, like black shirts and, and, uh, and so I'm walking around Walmart and this young kid, you know, kind of dressed super emo, walks up and, uh, I think he had an under oath shirt on and he just goes, he said, he was so nervous. And he goes, he said, um, Aaron, and like, I was so excited <laughs> and I, and this is terrible. This is really bad. I'm telling him myself, but like, I, I was, I saw the excitement in his face and oh, I man. was like, this guy is, this is his life. I mean, I'm like, I've, I've been that way with artists, like, like love everything about them. Yeah. So I was like, I can't break this guy's heart. He's he's meeting Aaron Gillespie right now. So I just kept it brief. But I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, good to meet you. I felt so bad, but I I but he was so excited. He was so excited. Um, I don't think we didn't take a picture or anything like that together because this is like pre-iPhone. So everybody had like the flip phone, like you know. You crap, nobody wanted to take the razor. It razor yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, razors. So I got away with it. You wouldn't get away with anything like that now. But, um, an anyways, no, I didn't sign anything. I just said, I said, awesome, man. I'm, I'm so glad you like our music. And, you know, as it was so bad. It was so bad.
1: You know, I'm going to contend. I, I think you did the right thing because, you know, if you, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like if you would have told him, you know, actually, sorry, you, you would have broke his heart. And, yeah, I mean, if you you it's, could have told was, them actually we're in a band it, called Leland, you should check yeah. us out.
0: Yes. Like, different vibes. Between I should have. I, mean, I should have. And, and you know what's funny is that like it was like late at night, and it's just one of those things where you wake up out of the band van, you don't even really know what you're doing yet. You're not. You're like you're sort of in this in between state of being quasi asleep and awake. You've been on road trips and playing shows so you're just exhausted and you're like you're not even really fully there yet you're just walking through like the the frozen section like walmart like looking for looking for chocolate milk or something you know like keep you going on the road (laughs) yeah just so uh that was that definitely played into it but um i i haven't i still haven't told aaron that at if he listens to this podcast, he'll find out. I need to confess to somebody about it. Listen, bad. I'm
1: I'm sure he was so excited to tell his yeah. friends though. And, and I mean, Leland, yeah. was, I mean, it was 2008. So it would have been like opposite way probably was the album. Yes. Slightly totally different, different vibes than 2008 mm-hmm. Under Oath. So yes. his friends wouldn't have For been sure. really as excited if he no. was. No, yeah, no, dude, he, no. You, know, uh, you made it, you made him so cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, man. It's so cool. Well, anyways.
2: Well, so Leland, take us back all the way back to where you got your start in music and how, you know, the doors open for you and just take us on that.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll, I'll try to give like the the highlight real yeah. version. Um, so I'm 30, I'm 34 now. We were talking about our age before we hopped on, you know, I'm 34 now. I guess it's an old millennial. Um, I get confused in all the millennial Gen Z stuff. I don't know what's what, but I, I think I'm an old millennial, but Anyways, I, I was the baby in the band when we started. So I was like, I was the youngest one. I think I was 15 or 16 when we started um, making our first album, Sound of Melodies. And uh, and then shortly after that, after the release of that album, Traveling on the Road, um, our band just started, we're just church guys. So we all started in um, in our youth group, actually. So my parents were music ministers growing up, and then we started a church um, when I was about 13 in our house, um, we're all from Texas, all from kind of the Houston Baytown area. We say Houston, but we're actually from Baytown, which is just East of Houston. And, um, the church is still going today. Um, you know, when your parents started church, I don't know if you guys are PKs or know anyone who's PKs, but when you, when your parents started church, all of the children become unpaid staff. That's ex- exactly ex- ex- exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Just part of it, you know? So Uh, we were all kind of like us three kids were sort of homeschooled like weird kids and so (laughs) all of our cousins were like normal and we had five cousins and they were all like in high school and middle school so we were like you guys actually have friends so we need you to bring your friends to our youth group and so (laughs) they brought like three people you know and so our youth group just started meeting in our living room in our house and then um man, a lot of the first songs in our first album were actually written or started at least uh, in those kinds of environments of worship. You know, just some basic room somewhere, uh, some convention hall that you could rent like in Baytown, nothing great. And then like speakers on sticks and cold metal chairs, you know. That was, uh, that was the, uh, the inspiration of, for, our, for our first album. Um, probably eight or nine of the songs in there, I think, me and my brother started. Uh, just together in the house. We would write together. We really didn't know it was called co-writing. Uh, we didn't know like there was terminology for it. But we started writing together. And um, and then miraculously, you know, God just opened up the craziest door. Um, we met, I met this guy when I was 14 at this random, like, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. But it was, you know, I don't know if they're still doing it anymore. But it was like a talent show slash conference like three-day event in Nashville Tennessee and my mom drove me up there from Texas from Houston to Nashville it's like 12 hours mm-hmm. and um, I was writing songs at the time and like leading worship in our youth group and she saw I was really passionate about music and she was a friend of her said just take your son to this thing that that we heard about called embassy music and so we go to Nashville and my we couldn't afford it my aunt paid for the whole trip and so we go up there and uh, we meet this guy uh, who was one of the judges on like there was like a competition and then there was like sessions and stuff. He was one of the judges and he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm just helping a friend out, you know, that's putting this conference on. I really believe in you guys and want to help you guys." Talking to me and my mom, and he was like, "But I don't have a job right now." And we were like, well, that sounds really promising. <laughs> so so <laughs> We had a really great time though. We, we really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about songwriting. I learned a lot about um, publishing, all this industry stuff that I had, we had no clue about. So we were just soaking it all up like a sponge. We'd go home and about, I think it was like seven, eight months later, that guy, we sort of forgot about him, but he called us back and was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we met at that conference and- I'm now working for like a Christian music uh, publishing company and my job is sort of like find songwriters. Mm. So that was our first kind of like miraculous God relationship that came out of nowhere. You know, other than mm. going to that one conference, I didn't, we didn't really chase a lot of stuff down. I, right. you know, I get to meet, I've met a lot of my heroes over the years, especially in Christian music and what's been really cool is hearing their stories of how they got from point A to point B mm. and you know every one of them their stories are and you guys know about it cuz you've had plenty of these conversations already but mm-hmm. every story is wildly different from the next and I'll meet quite a few young um aspiring like songwriters or artists or worship leaders and they're just like hey I, I would love to do what you're doing one day you know, and it's like I feel kind of bad because I'm like, there's not really a formula. There's no formula to it, you know. Um, I, I wish it was that easy, but it's just kind of like it really does come back to just trusting the Lord. It comes back to, you know, what's your motivation for why you're doing what you're doing? You know, um, is your motivation just career and platform and influence? Because that's not sustainable and you'll be miserable your whole life. Even if you get those things, like even if you get a platform on some level or some measurable level of influence, um, it's, uh, none of that stuff will (laughs) make you happy. You'll just want more of it. And it's a, it's a rat race, you know? Um, but I think, I think the thing that we, we didn't do everything right, but I think the one thing that we, when I look back on those early years, me and my brother in our, in our youth group, all we had was just a a desire for ourselves and our friends and our family to encounter the presence of God. We had had some pretty radical encounters with the presence of God when we were like 11 and nine and like in these sort of like old school Pentecostal revival settings, you know, like kind of like old tent meeting stuff. We had really good experiences in that. Um, and, uh, really amazing God moments. And we just sort of couldn't deny. And then, We were just like, man, we want our friends to experience that. And so um, all the songs were just kind of written out of that place. And then, man, our first album, Sound of Melodies, it was so crazy because we were all just these Baytown guys. Like, you know, we knew nothing. Baytown's not like an aesthetically pleasing place. It's not, you know, it's not like Austin. You know, there's not like a lot of great art. (laughs) And um, I'm sure there's a lot of great artists here, but just there's not a whole culture around it. So right. We were, you know, freaking out, getting to go to Nashville and experience this cool city, and um, we got connected with this producer, Matt Brown and uh, he's actually a great singer songwriter producer. Um, and then another guy named Mark Mark Bird, uh, who actually is a great writer, wrote some amazing songs, and um, and we sort of those two guys kind of tag teamed producing our first record, and it was cool, man, like and during that time it actually wasn't normal for bands to like record their albums. So like in the early two thousands, it was, especially then, it was really common for like, if a band got signed, you know, studio musicians in town would play on the record and then maybe like the singer would sing, but the mm-hmm. band wouldn't play. And, uh, so we were sort of expecting that. And then the, the producer was just like, man, I really want to help teach these guys want to help them grow. And, learn. If they never do it, they're never going to learn. And so it was awesome. Like both producers, Mark Bird and Matt Bromley really just like treated us like little bros. And they were just like, yeah, this is how you edit your drums. This is how you, you know, um, layer electric guitars. You know, Mm. I remember the first time we did that, I was like, I was like, how do guitars sound so big on the radio? You know, I remember asking them a question, like, how do you guys make guitars sound so big on these big, like pop songs or rock songs? And they were like, "Well, it's actually pretty easy. All you got to do is layer a bunch of guitars. You need to do some power chords." I was like, "I never play power chords. Those are too like, you know, those are too rocky. Like, I'm this too butt rock. I don't do power chords." And they're like, trust, right. me, "Trust me." So it was like this cool learning experience for like, um, you know, a few months of making that record, and um, yeah, and then just the the rest is sort of history. We went on the road, and uh, the band's kind of gone through a lot of iterations, a lot of. You know, sort of evolution of change. Right. Um, my brother, back in twenty fourteen, who I started the band with, is now a full time pastor in Franklin, Tennessee, with his wife, and they're about to have their fifth baby. And so they're a big family, and God's doing awesome stuff in their life. And man, it's been it's been awesome. Me and I met Casey though, so Casey's the other half of Leland, and he's mm. he's my best friend. I met Casey in two thousand and eleven. And at the time we were desperately looking for like a guitar player that could do all the stuff. I was trying to do it all. And it was miserable, you know? And, uh, we met him at a, at a Christian festival in Chicago. And, uh, he heard our band play like in the middle of the day at some set. And then some friends of ours, they're in a band called remedy drive. I don't know if you guys have ever talked to any of those guys. They're awesome, but they were like, Hey, we've got this kid out with us that's doing all of our, unloading the van, set up guitar tech work. He's actually a really brilliant musician. If you guys need a musician, you should have him out for a show. And I was like, we're desperate. We desperately need somebody. So his first show with us was the following week. Like he sent us a, um, you know, so this is like it's 2011, like iPhones were getting nicer, but like YouTube sure. was becoming more of a thing. And mm-hmm. so we were like, hey, just, just upload a video of yourself playing to sound of melodies on your guitar and you know start off by showing us your pedal board your whole rig your amps and then play the song sound of melodies and then you know that way we can know if you're you know your rig or whatever so it's not on YouTube anymore but there was this great video that existed on YouTube for like a solid nine to ten years on Casey's youtube channel um he's just like it's so great it's like 2011 he's like hey what's up guys um it's Casey here uh this is my pedal board he's like going through and so our our but he did great man he did awesome and we were like this guy's great and so we came out now i think our first show was with lou engel and the call which is like oh, yeah. it was one of their big events I and I know
1: Lou I know oh, Lou yeah,
0: dude yes dude you're rocking already you got <laughs> it right. you got Lou So um you know so we we go to this we go to this event in Sacramento Casey shows up and I think there's like 15,000 people there it's huge like this big prayer event and Casey comes from like you know the more baptist background and and like mm. kind of more conservative baptist we're all comfortable with like the super Pentecostal spirit filled environment because that's what we grew up in. And we didn't even think about it. And Casey's like thrust into this thing and people are like, you know, rocking back and forth and worship's intense. And (laughs) we were like, we have a set bro, but I don't know what's going to happen. And we're just going to play in G. And I think we played in G for like an (laughs) hour, like, (laughs) but it was awesome. Like it really was great. Me and Casey became best friends and then over, the course of the years the band started to change and morph and so the current band is like me and Casey we write all the, a lot of the songs together and have been doing that now since about 2015 and um, yeah the rest of the guys are kind of mostly based in Nashville that play with us and then uh, one of our guys is here in Houston with me and um, man it's been awesome but a lot of changes over the years but it's been cool it's wow. been cool to see what what God's done.
1: That's awesome. So who, you had mentioned, you know, some of your heroes that you grew up listening to, who are some of those uh, people that inspired you musically?
0: My goodness. Okay. Well, so I was, it was funny. I was a bit of like, I wasn't sheltered as a kid. It's just that like, like my parents weren't purposely keeping like certain types of music from me. They listened to a lot of stuff. It's just that they pretty much were like inundated with like Southern gospel, black gospel music. And like, um, like, you know, like pop. My mom loved like some of the big voice divas, like, you know, Whitney Houston and, and Mariah Carey and like, you know, and like, so, and like Celine Dion. So (laughs) so that was the extent of my musical like palette when I was like, until I was like maybe 13. Mm -hmm. Like I just listened to like Southern gospel music, uh, black gospel music, church music, And then that, and like a little bit of pop, but it was like all the big vocalist stuff. And so, um, and then when I was about 13, I think I listened to my first record by Delirious, and I think it was Glow, the the Glow album. And that, I just, that changed my life. That record changed my life for real. Like I Mm. was like, I didn't know you could do this musically. And then I think I listened to Third Day's live record called Offerings. It was like a worship album they did. Oh, yeah. And then Michael W. Smith had a instrumental record called Freedom. And I was like a nerd on that, like just geeking <laughs> out. Like, you know, you throw that on, you're like immediately in your own movie, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, so those are the first three records that outside of my my experience of music before that really, really impacted me a ton. And then I started diving into more of their music and, you know, discovering like Tree 63 and some of these other Kind of Christian bands that really impacted me a lot, and then obviously bands like Coldplay. And but I remember meeting um, meeting Michael W. Smith was one of my first to meet, and uh, we were playing at a um, at a showcase. You know, uh, w- when you get signed to a label, you at least back then I don't know if they do this anymore, but when you would get signed to a label, if you're a new artist, you needed to find like a booking agent, you know, someone who mm. could kind of help mediate between you and people want you to come play at their church or their conference. And so, uh, we were doing this showcase for booking agents and in the back during our set, uh, this guy with a ball cap walks in and I realize it's Michael W. Smith, like in the back. So I'm kind of nervous. We do our set. And then at the end, my mom is there and she is like a massive Michael W. Smith fan. And she just goes, she's real country. You know, my mom's got the Texan accent. She says, Leland, you are not going to believe who's here. And I was like, what? And she's like, "She's like Michael W. Smith is here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I saw him walk in. So we get to talk to him. And apparently all of his five kids already had a copy of our first record somehow. It wasn't out yet, but it was awesome. like there was copies going around Nashville.
1: He's Michael W. Smith.
0: He, yeah, he, gets, he uh, just he gets it, gets it early, all. Man. You know, he gets everything early. <laughs> and his kids, his five kids all kind of around our age, we're apparently already listening to our record and we're loving it. And so he invited us over for dinner. We got to meet him and hang out with him. And man, I so I've known Michael now, my brother ended up marrying his oldest daughter, Whitney, mm-hmm. which we tell people now that we, that we already had, we had this plan that one of our band guys was going to marry into the family, <laughs> but we really did it. Like it was really just the hand of God. We're not that smart. So uh, my brother connected really well with Whitney And basically for the next like, you know, six months to a year, whenever we would come into town, they were like, just stay at our house. Like you guys can stay in our basement. They have this big basement. And Mm -hmm. so we, um, we connected really well with Michael. He was probably the first really, you know, person that, that I knew that influenced me a lot as a, as a kid that like, I was like, man, it was so cool. Just getting to hang with him and talk about the Lord, talk about what God was doing in his life. And His journey through music at the time um -hmm. and then i got to meet i think martin smith later on down the road we played a festival in um i think maybe ohio or something like that and they were headlining and in the middle of their set this is like 2006 he like stops uh their set in the middle of a song and me and my wife i think because my wife was out with me that at the time actually no i was 16 so we weren't married yet we got married later um But me and the guys were up in the front and he just looked down and he said, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a band called Leland. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, but this is the guy right here. And it was like at night, it was like a sea of people. And he was like, I just want to prophesy over you. What God, what are you God saying? And he starts praying over me and the band in front of everyone. And it was this awesome God moment and got to hang with him and talk with him about his music and their journey and, Man, I think over the years, the one kind of big common denominator for me that's been so cool to kind of discover, especially in hindsight, looking back, I get to meeting like, you know, Michael or Martin or any of these other great heroes of mine, Darlene Check meeting her was crazy. Like her music, her, her music at Hillsong, there was a record called, um, uh, you are near which that was mm. the first album, one of the first albums that our family heard from Hillsong that really changed our family. Like, um, so getting to meet these people, but they're all different personalities, all different, mm. like skill sets and giftings. But I think the one thing that's really impacting me the most is that there's like two common denominators amongst all of them. And one is that, um, they still have a very vibrant, um, history with the Lord. So it's not like they they maintained a platform of influence, and then all of a sudden the prayer life kind of disappeared or the pursuit of God disappeared. They've just they're still to, to this day pursuing Jesus radically, to like pursue Him, to know him more. They're in the word, they, they're constantly anytime I'm around them telling me about a recent experience they have with the Lord that God shared something with them. They're just passionate about Jesus. Um, the other thing that's really interesting, is that they have maintained a childlike spirit. Um, And what I mean by that is they've made a habit of forgiving people and not allowing like resentment to like set in. And I think that's probably the most impressive thing to me um, outside of their pursuit of Jesus is is that they've, you know, you live life long enough. And then especially if you're in the music industry, because... I mean, every industry is filled with people. So, because people are flawed, um, you know, there's a lot of dysfunction in every industry because people are there. You know, and we're all right. broken. And so, um, it's easy. You live long life long enough, you're going to get hurt by somebody. It's really easy to carry that resentment around, and at some mm. point, it starts to affect your whole outlook on life, your whole perspective, and all of a sudden, you you get less hope, less optimistic, and less hopeful. And less trusting of people, and you kind of start, you know, you just start kind of getting really cold towards life and people, and angry and Mm -hmm. bitter. And man, all of the heroes that I've met so far, that's the one thing that that I've probably walked away with. And I'm just like, man, I know they've been through the ringer. Like I know they've they've done it long enough. And but yet they're just so kind, and they're so gent meek. And, uh, they have a meek spirit about right. them and right. thankful and grateful. And it's like, man, that's impressive to me. It's not impressive to me to get around people who are bitter and angry. Cause that, that's just kind of like, you know, anyone could do that. That's, that's really easy, but it's really impressive to me to see people walking out the character of Christ after being, you know, having done something for this long and around people and are in a system that's not perfect for, you know, over 30 years, getting to like, you know, do the things they've done and, um, so that's, that's the thing that really stuck with me the most over the years. And I'm, it's just true. Every, every person that I've met that, that God's still smiling on them and there's still favor in their life. It's, that's the the two common things. They still love Jesus and they still love people, you know?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think there's something to be said to longevity in ministry. I mean, like, that's the person I want to like, you know, look at. And that, that leader who leads with a limp, like you said, they've been through the ringer and yet they still love people. They still love the Lord. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's that you want to see that person, um, who's been broken and yet has still found, you know, like they're still being faithful and that that's awesome. And, And you had mentioned, um, you'd mentioned several people there, uh, with awesome, Australia accents. And speaking of Australian <laughs> accents that are awesome, good yes. segue. Uh, you have a new uh, single, Heart and Flesh, with Taya of Hillsong. Yes, dude. Uh, man, and so you and Taya and Casey uh, co wrote that song. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it just came out a couple days ago. Man, let right. me tell you. So, so
0: thank yeah, you guys. We, we've, we've
1: loved it. Yeah. We, yeah. we just kind of talked about it this morning a little bit. And we just kind of had that moment where my brother lo- was like, looked at me and I looked at him and he was like, dude, this song.
2: We were just like, yeah, God. it's, it's always awesome, so The first time I heard it, is I, was awesome. like, I was just like in awe. I was just like, wow, like yeah. how, how <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. Wow. Like It was just like yeah. I could just picture being at Jesus's feet and just it's just a beautiful song. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much. That's really encouraging to hear that. I, you know, um, we've it's there's like we've made a lot. We've made quite a few records and it, it's like there's you know, most of the time I felt like of late, like the last, like maybe three or four albums we've made, I haven't felt as nervous about any album as this one. I think like, you know, the and I think that's, it's like a good nervous. I think that means you, you know, you believe it all the way down to your bones, you know? And, uh, our first album was like that sound of melodies. I look back, mm. I think I remember being really nervous, you know, I hope people like it and because I just really believed in it, I was like, "Man, I, I really believe in this thing." And so, um, man that that experience with with Taya, getting to write that day with Taya and the whole story, I'll, I'll share it briefly. But it was, yeah. it's still, I still think about it. Like, um, it was so cool. So, so we we get invited to kind of write with her. She was in town for like seven days in Nashville. Our schedules, mirac- like the stars aligned, you know. And I was in town. Casey was in town. She was there, and she was working on her new album, which is incredible. I think it's already released. It's amazing, by the way. Um, she played us some snippets of it, too, at the time. And she was still writing for it. So we were like, let's, let's go for it. Let's try to write something. So we sit down, and I don't know if you guys have ever met Taya, but she is like one of the most contemplative people I've met in that. So, you know, she's very fun. She's awesome. She's awesome. You know, you mm. follow her on socials, you'll recognize that she's really fun, but she's like a very, very deep person in that she's constantly thinking about the Lord, thinking about, um, you know, her walk with God, pursuing God more, drawing deeper into relationship with the Lord. And so it's just in her, you know, just comes out in conversation. And so we're sitting there and she goes and she's like, she said, have you guys ever done any kind of like, um, um, liturgy or prayer and I was like my my Aussie accent's terrible and I was like uh, <laughs> and I was like um I was like actually you know like I've been in some services that have like some liturgy in them but you know coming from mm. the Pentecostal world that's not a norm but I'm interested like let's go with the
1: flow Pentecostal man let's go, man. Let's go. go.
0: <laughs> and so uh so she she told us about this church. I think they're in Ireland somewhere that writes these beautiful prayers every single month or every single week. And they're pre-written prayers. Um, This particular one was about the power of your words. And we took turns reading sections of this prayer. And then it's, it's awesome because it's filled with Bible. It's like filled with scripture. So you're like, it's like a Bible study, you know, as you're reading it. And then she said, um, okay, let's, let's be quiet now for like two minutes. And I don't know if you've ever tried to be quiet for 120 seconds, but it's, it's pretty difficult, you know? Uh, like eternity. Yes. I think I'm a, the only time I'm that quiet is when I'm asleep, you know? So like,
2: <laughs> well, even when I'm sleeping, I'm not quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not anymore, dude. I'm 34. I'm snoring now. So, um, so it's, so we, we, we like our quiet and it was like this powerful moment. And then she just goes, all right, let's, you know, what's been on your heart. So we start talking and share songs. And I sang this kind of minor key melody. And I think the melody was, was basically the melody. It was a core progression at the beginning of heart, heart and flesh. And I think the melody for the verse, but there was no lyrics. It was just <paying melody> just sang the whole melody. And, uh, she was like, that's so beautiful. And and we kept kind of going and she shared some ideas. And I think we ended up writing like this awesome, like kind of happy, upbeat pop song for her record called, I think it was called Don't Give Up or something like that. And at the end of the day, we had lunch during the day, you know, we spent all day together. At the end of the day, we're packing up our bags, packing up the guitar and she's got her Bible open in front of her. And she's like drinking some coffee. And she's like, and she's kind of looking off and she just goes, She's like, there was a melody you sang early in the day that was so pretty. And she starts singing it like I only sing it once, which is she's a genius. Mm. She just remembered it. Um, and and then she had Psalm 84. We were talking about that scripture as we were packing up and she just starts singing Psalm 84 over that melody. And I was like, yeah, we're not done, dude. So we un- under the guitars again and got them back out, put the guitar back on. And then we just captured a quick voice memo. It was almost like the song was already there and we just kind of discovered it, sort of wrote itself. And those moments are really sweet, you know? And um, that isn't normal. It doesn't happen all the time. And so when that happened, I was like, man, there's something on this. And so we just captured a little sweet voice memo as three singing it. And throughout the whole process of the pre-production for our album, like where you're making demos for the songs, for the band to listen to, and for your singers to listen to, for everybody to kind of, get used to the songs and rehearse them. We didn't need making like a really nice demo for it. I think we just used the voice memo. The voice memo had something so special and we, I might do, I might put that out like if with her permission, we might do that because it was really, really tender. Oh, yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, this record, um, the title of this album is called city of God. And, um, the salt there's throughout 2020, you know, like every other friend of mine that's in music and writes and, uh, all the songwriters were just like back in their secret place with the Lord, like going, what in the world is going on while we're playing pianos and guitars, like speaking with God, you know, like, because it really was 2020 was just insane. And it was a really wild time and the world changed and is will never be the same again. And, um, during that time, You know, we have two kids, so I have a beautiful wife. My wife's name is Mandy. We've been married for 14 years now, and we have two beautiful girls. They're four and one. Their names are are Journey and Ivy, and uh, so our house is full right now, you know, with Uh babies and diapers and meltdowns and awesome times, and it's just all the above, and um, so it's been kind of a challenge the past few years trying to kind of figure out what my songwriting life looks like you know so all the full-time moms out there will get this for sure all the full-time moms that are worship leaders songwriters like I I get you (laughs) you know because like me and my wife it's kind of like a team deal you know we we really partner together and raising both of our Mm -hmm. girls but I don't have a space right now like a like a studio or a spot to like really write and so I'm, there's a piano behind me. You can see that piano. Yeah. That piano sits on the wall of my girl's bedroom pretty much. So it's like, when my girls are awake, it's just, it's all, it's, it's all consuming, you know? So I'm like mm-hmm. putting the voice almost down and maybe going to my truck for a minute to like hum something <laughs> in my phone and then quietly playing on the piano as quiet as I possibly can. And so I got really discouraged for a while, but then all these sweet moments started happening. With God, and I started meeting the Lord again, like afresh in the Old Testament and in the Psalms, which was interesting. And it was almost like these little songs were coming out, kind of like Heart and Flesh. They were coming out in these little story form, kind of micro songs. Like they weren't these big bombastic things, they weren't like these big anthems, you know, and which was interesting. It's like I was meeting Jesus again. Uh, My walk with God was being revived again in these short stories, in these short songs, um, in the Psalms and in the Old Testament. And, um, you know, it went from being like a couple of ideas to like 10, you know, Mm -hmm. over the course of a year that I really believed in. And then God gave us a picture of this album of like um, me and Casey started talking about what we were going to do next. And God just gave us a picture. And uh, the picture he gave me was me and our band kind of in like a rehearsal space with like some of our favorite um, musicians. There's some musicians we've always wanted to record with. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then a lot of, you know, guests, just friends of ours that are amazing leaders, amazing artists, having them come on and record the record live, but with no audience. And which was kind of strange. We were like, you know, just record a rehearsal, basically. Like if you were to rehearse Mm -hmm. with everybody in the room and make it intimate and film the thing and, you know, go for it. And, it was a really wild sort of left of center idea. Cause the songs, I mean, you guys will hear it as it come out, but you know, there maybe are like, I feel like maybe three or four that like the church could sing like sure. on Sunday morning or like in a Bible study. But most of the album, probably like the other seven songs are, are more like storytelling form. Like they're, awesome. it's almost like they're very contemplative or like a Devo, you know, like in a song. And so, um, which is the Lord just kind of released us. He said, I want you to, I don't just want you to sing with the body of Christ this time. I want you to sing over them. And yeah. so that was kind of the message we got from the, the green light we got from God before this record. And so it's called City of God. The the sort of overarching theme of the record is based out of Psalms um, 46. And in Psalm 46, it talks about Really, it sounds like 2021 (laughs) or or 2022. It just sounds like where we are right now. It's nations rising and falling. It's mountains falling into the sea. There's all this chaos in this passage. And then right in the middle of it, it just says, but yet in the middle of all this, there is still a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The Lord is in her midst and she will not be moved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, God just began to speak to us that, you know, his people, his city and his place is not, it's not a place or a building. The city of God has has always been a people. And, and God always has a city in the midst of what feels like Babylon. He always has a people there. He always has uh, a people like Daniel, you know, in the middle of it. And so that's kind of feel like where I feel like we are right now. And, um, you know, what does that mean to live out the, the city of God, the culture of heaven, you know, cities have cultures uh, Dallas, Texas is drastically different than Houston, Texas. That's why yeah. there's a, that's why there's a rivalry. It's really,
1: I, I used to live in San Antonio. So yes, I, I, dude, you get, I get it. it. <laughs>
0: Isn't that amazing? You'll just drive three hours away and like, oh, yeah. it's, it's radically different than where you came from. And, um, you know, the, the cities have cultures. So what is the culture of the kingdom of God? And, that's kind of what this whole record is is going after. And so um, I'm excited to share it with people and excited mm-hmm. that people are responding well to the song and And we'll, we'll keep releasing more music over the fall. But um, yeah, that song, Heart and Flesh, it's just a cry for the habitation of God. Psalms, mm-hmm. Psalms 84, he's just talking about, you know, a longing to be where God is all the time. Like, you know, I'd, I don't want to leave God's presence. And what's interesting, there's a really, really cool part in that passage is... Um, he says, "Blessed are those in whose hearts are the highways of Zion," or really interpreted as better interpreted as the city of God. In whose hearts are the city of God, and he said, um, "They, those ones, will walk through the valley of weeping, or called the valley of Baca, which means the valley of sorrow. But they'll walk through the valley of sorrow, and mm-hmm. as they walk through it, those ones." the ones whose hearts are filled with the highways of heaven, those ones will turn those places of suffering and sorrow, those valleys, they'll turn them into paradises filled with springs and fresh water and flowing rivers. And it's like, you know, uh, all of us are going to face that valley. You live long enough. And every single one of us, some of us are probably in it right now. Some of us maybe just got out of one. Um, But you, you will go through a valley of weeping, you know? And it's, um, it's interesting that Jesus said, you know, take heart. You know, he said, he said in this life, you will have trouble or in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Well, it's like, you know, I almost want to ask like, how, how have you overcome the world? If I'm still facing problems and suffering, you know, like, what does that mean? Obviously Jesus's definition of victory is probably a little bit different than our American, Idea of our American Christianity idea of victory. You know, I think a lot of our a lot of the times on the surface when we sing about victory um, or blessing, we tend to think about circumstantial breakthrough. You know, like we tend to think about you know this circumstance in my life turning around. And sure. of yeah. course, of course, the heart of God is interested in in ch- in changing things for the better. Right? I mean. God's heart is after that. He's a father. He loves us, you know? Um, but the victory of God can't just be relegated to like circumstantial change. Yeah. Because when I look at the disciples life, you know, these guys lived really, really hard lives. I mean, they were, you know, they God provided for them, but they weren't like crazy wealthy, you know, and in, in terms of finances, like um, they, they weren't necessarily safe all the time. You know, they were thrown in prisons and, and, you know, beaten and almost all of them died martyrs. We tend to forget that, you know, they went to be the Lord, gave their life for Jesus. And it's, um, I look at that through our church history, that's been a norm, a norm for Christians and just going, man, the victory of the gospel. I think what Jesus meant by that wasn't just that he has the power to change our circumstances, you know? Um, but I think it was more that, He's with us in the midst of anything. And his heartbeat is that we would know him and in, in knowing him, his ways, that we would be transformed into his likeness or his nature. And you know, the Bible says the nature of God is love. God is love and love takes no account of itself and and doesn't store up wrongs done against it. And it's like, it loves its enemies, prays for people who, are, who want to kill them. It's like, man, I, I don't even... I don't know that we really, really understand that kind of love. That's not a normal love, you know, it's, Mm. but that's the nature of God. And that's, that's the invitation God's given to us through the blood of his son, through the cross and through the resurrection is an invitation to that kind of intimacy that transforms your whole life, that you'll really never be the same again. And the gospel gives us a whole new mode, like, a whole new reason for existence. It's like, it's, it's, you know, everything you do now has a whole other reason behind it. And it's not, it's not just for career or money or influence. It's like all that stuff becomes laughable. You know, when you really discover the treasure of who Jesus is and right. the, the pearl of great price, you're like, my goodness, it's all, it really is all trash compared to you. It's like, yeah. and, uh, and you know, I want to, I want to spend my life and everything that I am pursuing you, knowing you, um, abiding in you and becoming more like you moment by moment, day by day. You know, we're not perfect, but that is the upward call we're called to is, is the image of Christ. And so, um, that's what I really hope this, this record does for people. I hope, I hope it kind of does what the Lord was doing to me in like 2020 and 2021 and still is, is like just quieting my heart, slowing myself down. Um, and just saying, hey, look, it's okay to admit that everything is crazy right now in the world. It's totally okay to do that. Um, but I want to show you a deeper, a deeper meaning and a, and a deeper definition of gospel victory. You know. Anyways, I just um, that's what I really hope this record does. That it just kind of helps give people a deeper kind of gospel-centered definition of what. The victory of God is, you know, his victory is that nothing can separate me from his love now. Now that I've received him, now that I believe in him, not life and not death, not sickness or disease or persecution or trouble, um, not angels in heaven or principalities or demons in hell, nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I think that's the victory of the gospel. That's the invitation. So in the midst of everything I'm walking through, he wants to make me look more like him, you know?
1: But you were mentioning, you were talking about God's love and just kind of when we have those moments of revelation of who he is and, and how that impacts us. And I always feel like we have, you know, like you'll have a moment of revelation of God's love and then you're like, oh wait, it makes sense now, whether it's, you know, like in my life, I see it as I'm talking to my kids i like have this moment of like, oh man, that's how God feels about me. And you have this revelation of God's love of, man, he's amazing. All The way that he pursues, the way that he loves, the way that he, just everything he does. And then you have that revelation of your revelation because you realize, oh, but he does all that perfectly. He does all that without flaws. Like I, I can, I feel like the moment it's like, oh, I can relate to God because he loves like a father and I'm a father now, but then you read, no, wait, but I do that so bad. <laughs> and you have a revelation of your revelation. And so we're looking forward like very much to the album and the song's awesome. It's been a blessing to us so far. So uh, yeah, we're excited. And, and if we, and if I can give you just a little advice, Leland, um, you, you have a fantastic Australian accent, by the way, you've done it a couple times. Okay. A little bit of Mary Poppins in there, but Hey, listen, I'm, I'm up for it. Uh, if you could just in some of your, um, upcoming projects, whenever you have like a moment of prayer or talking, just use the accent, man. Cause
0: you know, it's, it's a lot, yeah, it's, it's a just, lot more regal. I feel like I'm, I'm on the absolutely. inside at the end of the day. I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous of, <laughs> of, of Aussies and British people because they can just, everything they say now is a documentary. It's, you know, it's
1: awesome. So I, I, I have a theory, and, and, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this, and I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I believe when we go to heaven that we will find out that God has an Australian <laughs> accent. And, here, and here's, my, here's my evidence, okay? Because I've oh, experienced things on earth that kind of back me up, okay? Like if you're at a Hillsong concert or if you're listening to a Hillsong album or as opposed to like an American album, okay, like with American uh, musicians, just listen to this phrase, tell me how you feel. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. American accent. You're like, cool, yeah. Amen. The Lord reigns. Now check this out. The Lord reigns. Oh yeah. Goosebumps.
0: Goosebumps. I mean, you're feeling that to the soul, to your soul. It's 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 Martin. It's it's Martin Smith, dude. It's like, yeah. Who wants to go to heaven and
1: hear, "Well done, good and faithful uh, servant"? No, I want to hear, "Well done, Uh,
0: God. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. I spent, (laughs) I spent, I spent the first like. That's why I almost and sometimes can't listen to some of our first albums because I was so influenced by British singers that I'm just this little <laughs> Texan kid trying to sound like Martin Smith when I sing, or Matt Redman, and it's just, it's bad. So I've had to get set free from that, but I understand why I was doing that because it's such a beautiful okay. accent. It's awesome. Or,
2: awesome. Jesus.
0: Well, hey, so we like to, we like, oh, go
2: ahead. Or sorry. Jesus could sound like uh, Mater, you know. <laughs> Welcome ah. to heaven, y'all.
1: Hey Mike, you got her be. done
2: and, 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 and on the earth.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mike, you so got that. her
2: done on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> get her done.
1: Welcome into heaven. <laughs> you, you can you can have that. Get her done on earth to glorify God in heaven. That can be your next uh, uh, next song, next single. There. Get her
2: done, Lord.
0: Here is in the place that I prepared for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got all the middles you can want. You can <laughs> know one way,
2: you know, That's too or... close. That's
0: <laughs> too close to home. That's
1: too close to home for me, guys. I can't. Can't. Hey, listen, we're from Kentucky. I get that Southern uh, Pentecostal church. Listen, that we grew up in that same same thing. That's man. awesome, dude. So, so good. Hey, so we'd like to, uh, as we wind things down, we always like to have a favorite things with people we interview, Love just it. to. Wait, did people get to know you. So we're just going to say something. Let us know what your favorite okay. thing in that uh, category is. Cool? All right. Uh, what's your favorite food?
0: Um, My goodness. Uh, what's it called? Dan Dan noodles. Ooh, okay.
2: All right. Do you have a favorite movie?
0: Ooh. Oh, that's so tough. Yeah, yes. Yes. I have like a favorite genre, sci-fi, pretty much anything sci-fi. Um, one of my favorites recently is Elysium with, with, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Cool. Do you
2: have a uh, show to binge?
0: No, uh, I don't really binge watch TV shows. I, um, I read comic books.
2: Okay. Awesome.
0: So what's your, what's your favorite comic book then? Um, my goodness. Okay. So right now I'm, uh, I'm reading. Um, I just finished one called Paper Girls. It's really good. It's actually, they're about to put okay. on a TV show. It's a, a cool. independent comic. And then uh, I probably just, I, I just, I'm about to reread Marvel's Secret Wars because that's where all the Marvel movies are going towards yeah. now. It's the new big, new big storyline. So
1: yeah. nice. Awesome. Uh, what about, you have a favorite uh, musical artist
0: of all time? Oh my gosh. Of all time, that would probably be, it's going to be a tie. It's a tie between Paul McCartney and Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Okay. Oh, awesome. Nice.
2: Do you have a dream duet? Someone that you have always wanted to sing with?
0: Oh my goodness. Well, um, yeah, I th- I think so. So I, I got to sing with Taya. That was already one of the big ones. Oh, I think right. the, other, the other big one that could be cool, that would be like amazing to sing with would be, uh, it's a tie. It's a tie between Thad Cockrell, who is, a, who is an amazing, oh, amazing singer-songwriter. You, love he's, Thad. And I've actually got to hang with him. He almost uh, was trying to get him to sing on our record. Didn't work out, but he's one of my heroes. And then the other would be uh, a newer artist, um, she's been out for a while. Her name is Madison Cunningham. I would love to sing with her on anything. Yeah. yeah, awesome.
1: Do you have a favorite ice cream flavor?
0: Uh yes. Pretty much any kind of ice cream that is peanut butter with any kind of chocolate in it yeah. is my life. Oh.
1: Right on. Right on. I just went on a date with my wife yesterday. We went to that froyo place where you can put a million toppings yes, on dude. it. I put I put peanut butter sauce and chocolate on vanilla froyo and my wife was like w- all these things you could have done and you put peanut butter and chocolate and i was like i know i know my lane i know i know,
0: you know what, what i you like want, dude you know what you want okay exactly. hey, there's comp- confidence is is a part that's of right. this eating thing you know
1: do you have a favorite podcast
0: okay uh, right now i'm really into some friends of mine have a podcast called vast faith that's really good okay um they have some great conversations. I know that my new favorite podcast is going to be my brother's podcast. So my brother is starting one. His name is Jack Mooring. He was in our band for forever. Awesome. He has a character on Instagram that every one of you need to go follow. It's called Br- Brother Terry. And um, so we grew up very Pentecostal and very spirit-filled, which, and we still consider ourselves that. We love it. Uh, but growing up, there was a lot of funny moments. So my brother started this character named brother terry this is also when we didn't have iphones so the only entertainment was like we would make <laughs> up a dumb character and try to stay awake in the band van and uh so if you go to instagram type in at bro terry website bro terry website so the running joke is okay. brother terry's nephew he was supposed to build him a website but he just made him an instagram account <laughs> and he thinks instagram is his website so um that's Steven awesome. Furtick follows them. All these people, they're about to – I think he's about to start a podcast soon at some point, which is going to be great. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll check yeah. it out for sure.
2: And your third favorite podcast is?
0: Is the Christian, <laughs> Christian Guys Christian Podcast. Music guy. Christian froze. Music Guys <laughs> Podcast. Oh no! My third favorite podcast uh, my current favorite podcast is the Christian Music Guys podcast. So, oh, fantastic! Go. Yeah,
1: it's a good one. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great mm-hmm. one. It's a really good one, and that <laughs> there's a really there's a really uh, cool episode uh, coming up soon, um, or or airing now. You know that yeah. people need yeah. to check out. you heard Absolutely. it? Absolutely, that's it's right. This, um, this new artist, his name is Leland, and he's <laughs> new artist. He's trying to figure it yeah. out.
1: He's trying. To figure almost it out. almost twenty years. Almost twenty years going on, Leland. <laughs> Hey, you know
0: what? New anymore, I still don't man. know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> no, I, I was just saying, uh, heart and flesh just came out. You got the new album that you mentioned city of God. Um, and I think you mentioned, uh, coming up in the spring, you got something going on with some friends of yours. Um, so what's next for yes. you and how can our, our listeners keep totally, up with you?
0: totally. Well, a lot of exciting stuff. So, uh, you know, m- music will be continuing to come out, uh, once a month over the rest of the fall. And then, um, Next spring I'll be out on the road uh from January through May with uh Phil Wickham and Matt Marr on the Sing Along 2023 tour, which would be really, really cool. So that's gonna be exciting. The last time we were together was 13 years ago. And uh and yeah, we were all a lot younger and you were babies that was, and then we and we and we were babies, we were newlyweds, and none of us had babies yet. So <laughs> And so a lot's changed since then, but it was really cool getting together recently and just kind of ideating about the tour and excited about it together. Um, So that's going to be really fun. Check us out. You can, I think you can go, uh, there might be a, I can't remember the exact link, but if you just type it in your Google search engine, you know, Phil Wickham sing along tour. If you go to Phil's Instagram page, I think there's a link in his bio for tickets and stuff like that. It's going to be really fun because it's going to be very intimate, sort of packed out rooms with just some acoustic guitars and, people singing their guts out. It's going to be awesome. Um, and then, uh, sometime next year I'll be releasing, um, a podcast, uh, that I've, I've been, I've sort of wanted to start one for, for years, um, about a specific topic that is just like my favorite, which is around the idea of artistry, creativity, um, and kind of cultivating a creative life with the Lord. So, um, I'll be interviewing some of my best friends, and then some people I've always wanted to chat with, and just kind of recording some conversations uh, with these interesting people about this topic of creativity and artistry, and um, what does that look like from a kingdom perspective, you know, to be a storyteller or to be an artist, and to carry that with integrity and with a kingdom motive behind it. So I'm excited about that. It's awesome. stay tuned for it. Yeah, dude. Have
2: you ever thought about releasing any Christmas music?
0: Dude, so we are—we actually are. We're we're going to release one Christmas single this year. Um, I think that'll be in December, um, which we're really pumped about. But what we, our dream is to do like a full on Christmas album, and um and just go for it and be really nerdy with it. So that'll happen at some point. So (laughs) that's great. I mean, since
1: we're on since since we're on requests, I mean, listen, (laughs) I've I've I learned every single song on. Sound of melodies and opposite way on my guitar.
2: But yes. I, bro, I
1: had to transpose like four steps down from where you sing. So can you come out with an album that's like, you know. Uh, sound already there. You know what I'm yes, saying? Like, Because yes. I, I, I feel pretty good. I'm like, man, yeah, that's that's exactly what they're playing.
2: And then I start singing and I'm like, hey. It's maybe so
0: not. bad. You know what's so funny is I blame my mom for this. So my mom, like we, we grew up singing three-part harmony and my brother was would sing tenor. And then I he had already gone through puberty, so his voice was like lower. <laughs> yeah, and my right. voice hadn't yet. And so my mom was like, Leland, you sing alto because you can sing it. And right, so yeah. I was singing alto and then I basically had to keep singing alto through puberty <laughs> because we were still traveling and ministering. So I was like squeaking and figuring it out. And so I think my voice just survived. It was like a survival mechanism was like you're right. gonna be an alto the rest of your life. <laughs> so, it's funny, well, so funny, dude. So funny. I appreciate it. Multitracks. It's been humbling, hey, bro. multi-tracks you can transpose. That's right. Multi, That's You couldn't right. do that in 2006. Now you can.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well, you. I feel like you and Phil being on tour together. You're just going to try to outdo one another with keys and stuff.
0: It's going to get really. It's going to get really girly. That's all I know. <laughs> all the all the women in the room will feel great. They're like, we we got it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Leland,
2: to to wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God has been doing in your life recently that would help to build our listeners' faith.
0: That's awesome, well, I think I shared it a little bit earlier, but I think the the thing that that's that God's been speaking to me most that's been influencing my walk with him and um changing my whole perspective is uh is you know making sure that i that I understand and keep in front of me all day long the reason why Jesus came so you know the the reason jesus came uh into the world was was born went to the cross and rose again the reason he took all of my sin into himself and he became the curse of sin for me the reason he did all of that um is because he loves me um and not just not just because he loves me in some kind of human form um, he loves perfectly because it's because he is love. And his heartbeat for me, his purpose for me is that I would know him and in knowing him become more like him. Um, I think there's a transformation part to the gospel that I that I feel like sometimes now we don't really focus on that much. Um there's a lot of talk about self-actualization you know and being your true self um, but and it's so it's easy to kind of wrap the gospel around that and like you know try to make Jesus like my friend that that you know uh, that's mm-hmm. just, it's only my friend he's not my king and he's not my god he's just my friend um but I think that Jesus is all of that he is my friend he is my savior he's he's my my connection to the father, um, and, and the one who fills me with his spirit, but he's also my king and he's also my God. And, um, his heartbeat is not just that I would know him, but that in knowing him that I would, you know, grow into his ways that I would actually know his ways, you know, being transformed by God, I feel like is just knowing his ways, knowing the way he thinks. And, and I think God's invited us into that. You know, the spirit of God is the one who searches out the depths of God. And no one knows the mind of a person except the spirit inside of a person. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. But like Paul said, praise God, we've been given this same spirit. So there's an invitation into the mind of Christ, into the ways of God that I feel like um, it's so easy to forget. And it's easy to just reduce my relationship with God to, my problems and my circumstances, and bringing like a list of things to God every single day. Of what I need from Him, and of course He's a loving Father, and He wants He wants to you know supply all of my needs. But I think that He's after way more than that. He's after intimacy, and um, He's after an abiding relationship with Him. Not just a visitation, but He wants habitation in my life. Wants me to abide with Him, and so. That's my heartbeat for the Lord and especially these days. And I think that, you know, allow the Lord, allow the gospel, allow the word of God, allow the Holy Spirit um, through the word in your alone time with the Lord to give you a kingdom definition of what victory and blessing really is. Jesus is victory. Jesus is blessing and breakthrough in all the things that we are after. He is that. And, you know, if you could have all the things that you really, really want, you know, in the natural, like that perfect job that you really want, or, you know, that dream career, just imagine having all those things, you know. Um, And is that really it? Is that really going to satisfy your heart? Um, I think that it won't, you know, because God placed eternity in your heart. And so only he can really, really satisfy you in him. You know you live and move and have your identity so um you know just go ahead and square that now and look to the face of jesus and find him you know he's there He's close as his name on your lips today and mm-hmm. um begin that journey of abiding with him and i think that in the middle of whatever you're going through in the middle of trouble or victory you know uh, success or a storm it doesn't matter uh, God will, will be with you in the midst of it all and will satisfy you through it all. We'll will keep you through it all and will reveal himself to you and, and transform you into his image. So that's my, my heartbeat, you know,
1: you know, thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, thanks for, and thanks for taking the time to be with us today. And then I was just encouraging our listeners yeah. to go check out, uh, heart and flesh and to be, stay tuned for the, uh, the album you have coming out city of God.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's fun.
1: Well, thanks Leland for sitting down with us and thank you listener for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time. Be sure to keep up with us on all social medias at Christian Music Guys. Check out our website, christianmusicguys.com to see how you can join our team of support. We certainly appreciate all of our listeners. Have a great week.